0: We, um, let me start again, I'm fucking stupid in let's start again. <laughs> Alright, welcome everybody to No One Likes a Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nozera.
1: And I'm Daryl Long.
0: Um, together, Daryl and I have endeavored on an insane mission to watch a Fast and Furious movie every week, one of the nine canonical movies in the Fast and Furious franchise and review it. Every time we get through all nine, though, we take a little breath or we take a little breath of fresh air, and we watch a movie that <laughs> we feel is tangentially related. However, we've done this so many times at this point, whatever we pick, it's a stretch. So Daryl, um, I just, want, what did you watch this week? I just want to make sure we're on the same planet.
1: We watched the 1995, now cult classic, Hackers. Hackers.
0: Starring Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie. And it, it is, like, by definition, a cult classic at this point. Would you agree?
1: I think so. Yeah,
0: cult classic status. Um, it was made in 1999. It's directed by Ian Softly. Jan Ian, he had two eyes in that name, and I don't know how to do it, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Um, big bomb at the old box office. Yeah. Big bomb. Big bomb in 1995. Big bomb for Angelina Jolie. Her first movie, by the way.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, reported budget of $20 million. Made about seven. Oof. At the B.O. Yeah, tough. It was in theaters for about two weeks domestically. It was tough. They had a tough, tough go of it.
1: That's because people didn't know or care about the internet yet. Um the inter- you think so? Nineteen ninety five. Right? Like Yeah. I was six years old. Yeah. And maybe my mom had one of those like extra-large suitcase-size computers, but, like, maybe not. She didn't even have one yet. So people, like, were not aware of what the Internet was. Certainly not to the extent that we know and use it to this day.
0: I mean, I, at five years old, six years old, I guess, was I playing computer games? Maybe. No No? Six?
1: I feel like I
0: had it. I feel
1: like I was doing it. I feel like the first time I touched a computer was mm. when I was six years old. Oh. It was like, it was in school. I remember we had like, right. these, like these old clunkers and we yeah. got to play video games on them for like maybe five minutes a day.
0: There was um, a computer class in my elementary school. We'd like go down into a computer room and type. <laughs> That's know, it. Like, I,
1: said, I spent years, <laughs> years learning how to type.
0: Just typing away, man. It was like that was the that was the skill of the future was was typing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think there were some games on those. I don't remember if six is too young for me to have done that. I feel like that was more like a sort of eight or nine kind of stage. Mm-hmm. Um. But we played, I think there was, like, some Oregon Trail version on those Mm -hmm. computers. And there were definitely, like, typing games. Right. You know? And there was a printer that printed out that green and white paper with the perforations on the edges.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't until maybe, let's see, that was six, probably, like, three or four years later that I, like, started seeing, like, color on the screen and like cool shit yeah but like i like was fucking around on a flight simulator flight sim- around yeah
0: yeah there was like mag racer or something which was like a car game i used to play an mm-hmm. early ass dos car i remember the dos games like i had to like reboot the computer in ms dos to mm-hmm. play certain games and i
1: and how big were they on discs how big would you say those
0: discs were Oh, they were floppies, but they were like they were regular size.
1: They were like three point five inch floppies. They were. Not. I remember, I remember the big ones, like yeah. the like the eight like eight inch floppy disks. Yeah, I remember those in the third grade. We would pop. We have to pop those in to play uh, Number Munchers.
0: Sick dude, Number <laughs> Munchers.
1: Number Munchers was basically a like five by six grid with numbers on it, and yeah. you were a little like. Um, like a sort of a Pac-Man type of thing, and then they would have uh, different types of monsters come and try to eat you. And your job to evade the monsters was to eat numbers. Um, did you
0: have to like do math real quick to like exactly. solve the problem to get access to the delicious number food?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you had to eat the right answers, and if you did it wrong, then you would it would slow you down, and then you would get number munched.
0: I remember like a typing game of like Mario, it was kind of like Mario style, like a sort of block jumper, but you had Mm -hmm. to like type the words and the dude would like jump and hit them with his head and you get the points Mm -hmm. and he was like running along and then there was like shit chasing you and if you didn't type fast enough, you fucking died. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty traumatic.
1: Uh, anyway, type, this movie... Type or die. Yeah.
0: This movie was directed... Yeah, type or die. Hack the planet. Um, This movie was directed by Yin Softley in 1995. Um, it was Angelina Jolie's first movie. It's amazing Angelina sort of became a movie star after this. I mean... she She had done basically a couple music videos before this. Um like some meatloaf music videos and a Lenny Kravitz music video. Hmm. Huh. And then she does Hackers in 90, 95. It's a huge fucking bomb. And then like this actually most amazing thing in the entire universe happens. Where, I mean, she does some like middling other shit in 96. But then, and like, and she does um, a movie called Mojave Moon, which is, has its fans, but is not very good. And is another bomb. She does some TV movies. And then in 97, she does a TV movie called Gia. Have you heard of this movie?
1: Hmm. I don't think I've seen it.
0: So Gia is a movie about, it's like a biopic about Gina, Gia Karanji? 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 Hmm. Who was like the first supermodel, quote unquote, in the 70s. And she died very tragically, very young. Um, and Jolie plays her in this TV movie. And it's actually like this incredible movie. It's like mm. shot in black and white partly. And it's like kind of this beautiful thing. I don't know who directed it, but it's kind of like this beautiful movie. And Jolie is fucking incredible in it. Um, and it kind of launches her into the movie star stratosphere from this TV thing, which is crazy. Mm. Never happens. She does that. She does Plain by Heart." She does "The Bone Collector," which is a big hit. And then, girl interrupted. She wins an Oscar, and she's off to the races. She's done. She's a movie star. Damn. Crazy. What do you think of her in this movie, Hackers? Her first foray.
1: Awesome. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> right. Angelina Jolie plays Acid Burn, Acid high burn. school high school hacker. Mhm. And uh love interest to our main character Dade 0 Cool Dade Murphy. <laughs> Dade Dade 0 Cool Murphy
0: aka Crash Override. Crash Override. Uh and Jolie's character's name is Kate Lip, I think.
1: Kate Kate Libby.
0: Libby, yeah. Which, like, her, the, my favorite character piece of hers is that her mom is, like, a best-selling author. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't doesn't come up in any way throughout the rest of the film, but it's just, like, a thing they touch on, like, two or three times, weirdly. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> has
0: no effect on the plot, only that she, like, has a house, she's got lots of money, and, like, her mom is off doing, like, book tours or something. So she's alone.
1: Yeah, That's I it. mean, they're they're trying to paint it as oh like she grew up reading like art and poetry and oh, like yeah. and like yeah uh hacking is her form of art and rebellion right
0: right right against the system and and her teacher there's like a scene where she they're writing poetry quotes on the blackboard for some reason
1: yeah which in an honors english class
0: yeah yeah and she writes up a quote from her mom One of her mom's book, I guess, and uh, the teacher's like, "Well, maybe pick somebody other than your mom, other than your mom." She's like, "No, it's great." (laughs) It's like I'm with the teacher.
1: Yeah, she's like, no, she throws it right back in his face. Well, he's like, well, if you sold 200 million copies of a book this year, oh, maybe yeah. you would be able to tell me what to do. But
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of with the teacher on that one specific instance. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, so this movie is called Classic. I want to figure out sort of why it's called Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has a lot of things seemingly on the face of it going against it. It's bonkers, right? For, first and foremost. Yeah. This movie is insane. Like, we've described it in kind of a normal way so far. But it is fucking cra- Every second of this movie is is filled with ten crazy decisions.
1: Right. Right? I mean, yeah, plot-wise, but also visually yes. insane-looking. Crazy-looking. Yeah. Looking.
0: yeah. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Actually, everyone. Even the, like, adults. Even the parents in this movie. Uh-huh which I want to touch on a little later because I think the parents thing is actually kind of an interesting part of this movie. But um, they all look fucking nuts, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the fashion is on full display. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's the, the apex of the parabola of 90s fashion is, is this specific moment in time in like July 1995 when this movie came out. Right. Um, there's a look that Johnny Lee Miller has where he's like, it's not even like his craziest look, but he's got sort of black pants on and like sort of a black crop top or something on. But then he has like this orange, almost like gun holster strap just hanging out on his leg. Uh
1: I'm a huge
0: fan. Hell (laughs) yeah. Huge fan. (laughs) Um, a lot of Jolie's costumes, I feel like, are designed to highlight her chest area, <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, she looks great. I mean, the costumes are, like, wild and crazy and, like, fun. And once you sort of let go of the ridiculousness of them and just kind of have fun living in that world, it they work pretty well for, like, the kind of movie that it is. Right? I agree. Yeah. Um, What else bonkers shit is there in this movie?
1: Uh, um, so, so as part of the fashion, but also as part of like a key way that our characters move around in the movie, they rollerblade everywhere. Yes. Which, you know, like, why not? I'm a, I hack during the day, I wear cool clothes, and I rollerblade as my primary mode of transportation through New York City.
0: Yeah. Um... Especially, oh fuck! What's his name's character? Um, Matthew Lillard, Serial, who plays Serial is
1: Serial, <laughs> Serial Killer, like Cap'n Crunch, Serial yeah, killer. like Captain Crunch, Serial Killer. Yeah, uh, like Captain
0: Crunch, Serial Killer. Matt Lillard rollerblades everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's no, sort of Dane. the classic Matt Lillard character, though, of like a sort of wacky stoner, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of goofball. But ends up almost the hero of the movie, in a way. Um, So the costumes are crazy. The transportation's crazy. The characters are kind of nuts, right? You've got Matt Lillard as serial killer. Jesse Bradford as Joey, who's like the young buck of the hacker group. right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have an alias yet because he hasn't earned his elite status as a hacker he hasn't hacked anything worth note so they don't give him an alias he's, he's he doesn't not, have an yeah. alias right he's not
0: elite which is like that's one of the things about this movie that like of the plot or like the the world of the movie of like you're either elite or you're not mm-hmm. and one of like the like pieces of sexual tension between <laughs> between Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie is like neither will acknowledge if the other one is elite or not, right? Mm-hmm. So they're mm-hmm. like hack battling the whole time <laughs> to try to like prove that they're the better hacker There's a couple like, how did you find the hacking in this movie? Actually having just watched Hobbs and Shaw having just watched Furious 8 two movies mm-hmm. I don't want to think about right now, but they do have a lot of hacking in them, and that we sort of get fed up with sometimes. In this movie, what did you think of the hacking?
1: I think I liked it better. And I want to differentiate the hacking here with the hacking visualization. Yes. Because the way that they show what is happening, like, mechanically, behind the scenes, is insane. It's crazy. Yeah. I think what makes the hacking in this movie better than what we see in... Um, Fate of the Furious, for example, is mm. the like layers of deception and also kind of the stakes, right? They're right, they're the big whole, the, yeah, the whole thing is like, oh, like somebody has infiltrated the Gibson supercomputer and has code in there such that they can flip over oil tankers. Is right. that what it is? And right. yeah, the that oil tanker a, thing
0: is a weird plot point that's kind of confusing.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit confusing, but I think the gist of it is, like, oh, let's try to figure out something that is, like, big and people can understand that's bad. But, really, it's a distraction because that's not what they're actually – that's not the biggest damage. They're actually siphoning money off.
0: Yeah, so – And I like the layers of
1: it. All right, so to
0: sort of start off, like, yeah, there's this gang of hackers. But Joey, in order to, like, prove his eliteness, right, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the young guy who doesn't have a handle, he hacks a, like – globalist security company, right? Is that what it's called? What is that what kind of company it is? We don't really know what kind of company We don't really is. know. Okay. Ellerson, I think it's called.
1: Ellison. Ellison, yeah. like, chip company or something.
0: Whatever. Doesn't Whatever. matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So, these, he hacks them, finds something that he copies onto a disk, and... They trace him immediately and he gets into a ton of trouble. But he doesn't... He stashes the disc, basically. So mm-hmm. the rest of the movie is sort of spent, A, trying to get Joey out of trouble, trying to, like, expose the corruption within the Ellerson company that Joey has copied onto this disc. And, like, also find the disc and, like, prove Joey's innocence or
1: some shit like that,
0: basically. Mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, go ahead.
1: But, yeah, there's a... Sort of, they insert another layer of complexity there because the specific file that Joey takes from the supercomputer, yeah, is in fact like a virus that the guy who runs the security, yes, system for the plague is his name, the plague, yeah, (laughs) Mister the plague. Mm -hmm. Um, that is the yeah, coincidentally, the file that Joey steals from him is actually the trojan that was planted there by Yeah the this criminals. I the the
0: plague created this virus in order to sort of like fake a globalist crisis of like tank like destroying oil tankers so that he would get money somehow I don't I don't quite he wants 25 million dollars I know that mm-hmm. right the plague um and he's trying to like siphon money off this company. And the, the global oil thing is so that people will be, like the cops will be distracted and he can sort of on the side siphon this $25 million out of the company.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fine. It's great. Whatever. I don't care. What I do care about is like the hacking. One thing I wanted to say about the hacking and why I liked it a lot more than uh, Hobbs and Shaw. I actually like the visual language of the hacking in this movie. Right? It's 1995. Nobody knows what hacking looks like. It could look right. like what it looks like on here. Right? It, nobody knows that it's just like a terminal screen with some code on it. Like, you know, and, and, I, and I actually appreciate this movie like doing something. Like, I said this, I think last week where, you know, films are, are, are audio visual experiences. And so, like, I appreciate you if you want to, like, give me some boring, take some boring shit and make it visually interesting and, like, have a good time and show that in a representative way. More power to you. Like, I'm, I'm down to, like, fly through the buildings and electricity and fucking, you know, The Matrix, which is a movie everybody loves, almost, like, universally, kind of mm-hmm. does the same fucking thing where they go into the code and they have, like, lightning sort of cracking up these weird coded buildings and shit like that. Not quite in the same insanity that this movie has, but, but but you know, and, and the one thing this, this movie doesn't do is take that as metaphor as much, like the sort of flying around the hacked building, you know, computer buildings and codes and, you know, matrices. It, it's literal in this movie in mm-hmm. a way that I don't think other representations of hacking really are. So that's one thing. The other thing I liked about the hacking in this movie is that they use some real, like, techniques. Some, like, real-world shit to do, like, phone freaking is a thing, right? Of, like, that's sort of how the hack- computer hacking started.
1: Alright, right, so I need to know more about this, because I, like, I understood that they were, like, using hard phone lines to sort of, like, um mask Their origin and location, but I don't. I didn't understand why they were doing that. Why they had to do that.
0: So definitely, dial-up internet is a thing, right? So like Mm -hmm. the phone, all the computer network systems on this, I assume, worked within like the phone system, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. But like to go back, phone freaking was a way to like basically hack the phone lines back in the day. So you could get like free long distance calls and shit, right? There was a certain amount, there were certain like tones and whistles that the phones would actually like click into. Like that's the way that they were coded at a certain point in time. So that they would hear these tones and then like click into, okay, then I'm going to connect to a long distance number. Right. Mm. So people figure this out and they figured out how to like record these sort of tones on tape recorders and shit. Got it. Play them into like a pay phone and get like free calls or free long distance calls or like free hookups, stuff like that. Or like dialed numbers that were unlisted and shit. Right. Mm. Okay. So so phone freaking was a real thing. And they it's like in this movie. And I think that's cool. And the other thing is like there's some dirty work in this movie like he makes a phone call he like fishes f- you know phishing is a thing where like yeah. you sort of pretend to be somebody else you send a fake email to try to get somebody's like you know two factor authentication he makes a phone call to try to get uh, the number off a modem of somebody like there's some yeah. there's some like dirty work in the magic trick of hacking right that's like Oh yeah
1: and they do that a number of times. They yeah, have to totally. go and like, yeah, they, they pretend to deliver flowers and try to, he, he goes and tries to look at the lady's password as he walks by yeah. and delivering uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, they go dumpster diving
0: at a certain point to try to find some like password information from a company. Yeah. Like, I love that part of this because you're like, yeah, that's the, like the dirty word. You can't just like get on a computer, type a bunch of fucking thing. And then like ma- magic happens. You know no. that's like that's boring right. this stuff is like yeah they're going out there they're getting the fucking <laughs> password they're just like dumping it in the dumpster they and have I like, like a weird they... magic kiss in the dumpster kind of
1: yeah and I like how the, uh, the C-suite of uh, Ellison Corporation got scolded for using easily guessed passwords
0: yes <laughs> yes um, okay so I love that part of hacking in this movie I want to say one thing about this movie, though. Um, Fisher Stevens, who plays the plague, Mr. The Plague, Mm -hmm. is operating at about 145% throughout the entirety of this movie, right? (laughs) And, And, like, I love every millisecond that this dude is on screen. He plays an adult, but he is, like, a skateboarder, goateed. <laughs> yes. Like, his character is so weirdly constructed of, of like, identifiers. He's, like, a rebel, but also, like, is the man and is a sellout. You know, he was, like, a hacker who sold out to, like, this giant corporation, but is now grifting the corporation for money with his girlfriend played by Lorraine Bracco, which is another insane fucking choice <laughs> of person to put in this fucking movie. Um but Fisher Stevens is giving a performance that is coming from a place I don't think any human has dug anything from in the in either before or since, right? Like he is so wildly into doing this movie that I I it really is kind of like a linchpin of the movie in a way that like you're you, as soon as he comes on screen, you're like, one love it. B, I absolutely hate this dude <laughs> <laughs> with like, burning him and Gillette, who's his sidekick, which is another insane choice. That part, half of the the comedy magic duo Pen and Teller is in this movie.
1: Right, right, right.
0: And then like, I hate this dude, and he's gross and evil, and like, I'm a hundred percent on board with absolutely. Ruining this guy, you know? <laughs> and, like, it makes you root for, like, Angelina Jolie and the team. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck Fisher Stevens forever. <laughs> he's awful. But he's so good in this movie. I like, he's just, like, he's insane. He yeah. is insane.
1: For sure, my favorite scene with the plague is when uh Dane has to give up the... The half the floppy disc, he's standing on the street, he makes a phone call on the payphone, and he has to wait for the plague to come and and take the floppy from him. Yeah. It's foggy, it's nighttime, and in the distance you see a limousine pulling up toward him. Oh and yes. the the plague yes. is <laughs> the plague is holding on to the side of the limousine, sketching yes. to the side of it, crouched down, skateboarding on the sidewalk while the limo is uh driving along. 100%. Plague then snatches the floppy and <laughs> says something snarky to Dade. And then they continue the shot all the way into the distance. No joke. Like sketching. Yeah. I wrote down a limo. note.
0: I was like sketching on the back of the. limo. Incredible.
1: Fish it's not even this. the back. It's the side. It's the yeah. side of the limo. He yeah. must've been driving in the limo and got out. I like, said, hold on, let me get out here. And then we'll make this, we'll make this exchange right here. Incredible. So good.
0: Yeah. Um, I love every scene that Fisher Stevens is in. And 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 to go back, like Lorraine Bracco, who is kind of most famous for playing Dr. Melfi on The Sopranos. She's like Tony Sopranos therapist in that show. And she talks with a very heavy Long Island accent and kind of a raspy voice. She's also in Goodfellas, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fucking wild-ass choice to put in this movie. and But she kind of... Work, but like because every piece of this movie is so different than the next one, right? Like it's just this insane juxtaposition of different characters and different styles and different, you know, she wears like red, like suits, you know, and uh, you know, she is in, 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 a, in, an essence, sometimes like the decoder of the techno babble. Right, she's our window into some some of the techno babble where Gillette and Fisher Stevens are like trying to like anti hack against the hackers or like defend themselves against the hackers, and they're talking to each other in Technobabble, and she's in the room and she's like, Rabbit flu shot. Someone talk to me! <laughs> you know? And then they can have a line about, like, oh, a rabbit is this thing that, like, multiplies itself. Or, like, a flu shot is, like, an antivirus or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but it's so crazy that she's, like, this, per- like, blonde lady from from Long Island. <laughs> it's like, you know? Um, yeah, I thought she's pretty good. I thought she was pretty good in the movie, basically. Um. All right, let's talk about Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller does this movie, right? Uh, it's an early one for him. I believe he's been in some TV before that in Britain. He's a British actor. He does Hackers. Literally the next year, he does Train Spotting. Right. Mm. So like, I assume when this came out, he was shooting Train Spotting. Like he had the job and he was shooting it. Um, and then after that like he's had a career like he has worked solid he's a guy who's like worked solidly for the past 20-25 years but has never been like a megastar right mm-hmm. have you ever run encountered Johnny Lee Miller as like a guy
1: for he for yeah for me it's hard to place that character I, yeah. I looked at him and I tried to look through the IMDB for all of our main characters here I was yeah. like Honestly, like, these, all of these actors have, like, long careers of TV and some movie, but yeah. most of the stuff I don't recognize, and right. it may just be, a gen, like, a time generation thing, but...
0: It may be a generational thing. I also just think, like, he, for a very long time after this movie, just ended up being one of those guys, you know, mm-hmm. who's like, I work solidly, I'm in movies, but, like, you know... I just don't hang in your mind. I'm not, like, the lead, usually, and I'm definitely not, you know. Um, So, but he's in stuff. I -hmm. I remember him. There was a show I watched in college. (laughs) I have no idea why I watched it. This show is not good, okay? It ran for one season. It was called Eli Stone. And it's a show about Johnny Lee Miller being, like, the messiah, Mm. But is also a corporate lawyer. Okay, <laughs> and he decides it, it. he's got visions from God, and because of that, he decides to like shirk off his like corporate lawyer baggage and do like free pro bono cases for and like defend good people. So it's like both a procedural lawyer drama <laughs> and like a crazy religious wild drama. Interested. So that's one thing. I definitely remember Eli Stone from uh T uh, uh, two yeah that was twenty seventeen. So the other thing is like Elementary. He played Sherlock in Elementary, and that was a pretty popular show. It ran for fucking like five or six seasons. Mm-hmm. It was it was big. Lucy Lou and him, good pair, yeah. good chemistry, good stuff. Um yeah, he does stuff. Uh but and I always enjoy him on screen too. That's the other thing. It's like, I've definitely never watched a thing and Johnny Lee Miller has popped up and I've been like, ah, oh, we don't need this. You know? Mm-hmm. It's always like, great. Come to the party, Johnny Lee. This sounds awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let's have a good time. And he and Angelina Jolie have chemistry. There's no doubt. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the movie kind of does this thing where they sort of brute force their chemistry, which I'm not sure they need to do. They, they do this thing where in several scenes there's like expository dialogue, there's action happening all around them, they're like in the, their group of friends who are all hacking, hacking it up, you know, or they're at a party or something. Right? And Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie are both talking to everybody around them. And making plans for how they're going to hack the planet, right? But the whole scene is played with Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie staring directly at each other the entire scene, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like they are so cr- magnetically attracted to each other that like, they cannot stop locking themselves on one another. I think it works pretty well. I'm not sure the movie needs to do it in order to create their sort of chemistry. It's sort of like, it definitely reinforces that. But Mm -hmm. um, I think it's kind of an interesting thing. You know, they get like, and it helps with the like, it sort of works with like the the idea of like sort of zoning in on the hack, right? That Mm -hmm. they're like singularly focused on one thing at a time, this kind of people.
1: They also have um, basically mirroring wet dreams about each other. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they well, in terms do. of like... Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, yeah, not only are they locked in um, at the party, they're locked in together in the hack, but they're also yep. thinking also about each dream. other at nighttime. sort of
0: like mind-melding in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's not a ton else to say about the plot. Like, we can run through it quickly. They... Um, there's a point at which they... So they meet Johnny Miller. He's been a kid hacker. He got in trouble. He's been on probation for seven years. Now, finally, he's off probation. He can start hacking again. Meets this group of high school hacker friends, including Angelina Jolie. He falls in love with her immediately, but also tries to, like, out-hacker in a hacking competition judged by their friends. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Joey steals this disc. They gotta hide the disc. They gotta find the disc. They gotta realize that what... what um the plague and his girlfriend are sort of up to in terms of back-channel funneling money through this thing. They're on the run from the FBI the whole time because the FBI has to sort of catch hackers. By the way, by the way, this movie stacked cast, like, kind of insane. So Michael Gaston is an FBI agent, Agent Bob, uh, and he's a totally, like, he's the bald white guy. He's, a, he's mm. a pretty famous character actor, uh, throughout. He was in The Leftovers. He was in like, he's just been in tons. He pops up all over the place, and he's in tons of stuff. Mark Anthony? Did we see Mark Anthony there?
1: Is that who that was? Yeah. Very, oh very, very, God. very,
0: very young Mark Anthony.
1: Oh, my God. I was like, I don't know why I recognize this person, but wow.
0: Yeah, crazy. So he plays an FBI agent, and then the FBI boss... Agent Dick Gill is played by Wendell Pierce, who is uh, in The Wire for all five seasons. Uh, he in the whole run of the show. He plays McNulty's partner uh, in The Wire. He's he's pretty famous, dude. Too. Um, Wow! It's kind of crazy the amount of people they got for this movie. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. So Joey steals, and then in the end, they have to do one big hack where they get the garbage file that Joey was trying to steal and they expose on, like, worldwide live television the plot from the plague and his girlfriend, Lorraine Mm Bracco, And then the FBI lets them go?
1: I think so. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think they just let them go. Because it turns out the plague had been, like, using the FBI as, like, basically enforcers to try to like beat up these young hackers who are trying to stop them. And the FBI doesn't like being duped into doing that. That's right. Yeah. Um,
1: I, thought was, I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed watching <laughs> it. it was a good it. movie too.
0: I, I really liked it. I had yeah. a great time watching it. Did Jess watch it with you?
1: Uh, Yeah, she watched most of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was not as big a fan. Uh I feel like she, she's yeah, she lost track. I think the um like the Gibson Ellison stuff, if you like step away for a second you're just like what's going on with this here? Yeah,
0: it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Um there's this thing that the movie does. I'm just looking through my notes. There's this thing that the movie does where I just think design wise this movie is great. Like even though it's crazy and people kinda of make fun of it. I think everybody working on it did a really good job um like taking it seriously and creating a, a real world whether or not that world is a one that like actually ever existed among teens who cares but one of the things I think that they do that's that's kind of cool is a lot of times when there people are looking at screens or watching something on a screen or hacking instead of just like having fucking, like, three-minute scene of them hacking and you see the screen so you can see, you know, you can see what's going on and what they're doing. They do this thing where they actually, like, project the light of the screen into their faces, almost like a projector would would show. And mm-hmm. you can see the text and, the like, all the stuff on the screen or the video that's playing on the screen on their faces. Mm-hmm. And I think it works, one, where... Thematically, it kind of works where it's like the world of the computer sort of like is projected onto these people and it's like they are, you know, intertwined with that kind of thing, this network. Mm -hmm. But I also think it works in terms of like you get to see the human face reaction to what's happening rather than just like staring at a computer screen on, in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And what we want to see in movies is people's fucking faces, you know? Like, as much as I do my job of working on sets, people don't give a shit about sets. Like, I understand that, right? I don't really want them to give a shit about a set. I want people's, like the actor's face and the actor's emotion, the actor's reaction to things... To be what is in the frame and on, on focus, right? As part of a mm-hmm. narrative piece of storytelling, we love seeing people and actors transform. And, like that's what we want to see. So I think this is a device that allows us to like get the exposition of the hacking, but then also see the actor do their thing at the same time, which I thought mm-hmm.
1: was kind of clever. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like I like the yeah I like the gratuitous use of like uh like it seemed like unrelated computer graphics just mm-hmm. like uh windows visualization style um yep images but, but you could also like yeah they would show the screens they would show these like glass pillars that were supposed to represent i believe like the gibson servers that were like actively being attacked but right yeah right. that stuff was okay but yeah really i liked that they i liked seeing what New York looked like in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty totally. cool because they had a lot of exterior stuff. You could see the twin towers, like they're riding in cars. And yeah. I think, yeah, I was reading that the high school scenes were shot at Stuyvesant high school. And, right. Right. um, yeah, I mean, I think the wackiness of all of the rollerblading there. Yeah. They're rollerblading, um, up like fifth Avenue, I think over to grand central. Yeah. At some point, which was very cool. So, in new York I think the way the nineties
0: they... is an interesting th- is an interesting thing that i'm less uh aware of via entertainment right like i, I there's a lot of New York in the eighties content mm-hmm. and New York in the seventies especially uh and there's a lot of like new York movies now, obviously, but like mm-hmm. New York in the nineties not a thing I've seen a lot basically.
1: And not this version of it, right? When I think of what yeah, but I try to think about New York in the nineties, I obviously it was not here, but it looks like Seinfeld to me. Right. It's kind of like plain, it's like the, right, the whatever one. upper upper yeah. east side, like Central Park style. So this yeah. gave a more yeah, yeah kind of like friends. the down, the downtown version of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This was like yeah, what what the kids were up to in the fucking nineties in fucking New York. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about for this movie, or should we do some shout-outs?
1: We can do shout-outs.
0: Yeah? Um, yeah, I'm through my notes, basically. Oh, one last thing I need to, I want to discuss. I mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the pod. The parents are a weirdly big part of this movie, and I can't quite really figure out why. Hmm. Um... Like, they're not hackers. None of the parents are hackers. They're, like, grounded sometimes. They're sort of oblivious to what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get you get to see sort of a variety of things. You see almost everybody's parents, except for maybe Matthew Lillard and... Serial. Um, yeah, serial killers and uh, Acid Burn, Angelina Jolie's. I don't think we meet her famous mother, do we?
1: Hmm. I guess not.
0: Yeah. And I don't know quite what the deal is with the parents. Um, Perhaps it's that, like, the lesson... Because Johnny Lee Miller's mother actually kind of saves the day in the end a little bit by, like, not talking to the cops about him. And, you know, like, there is a thing that's like, yeah, you can be, like, the cleverest person Person, there's a human connection element I think that's it's using it's using the parents to sort of get this human connection element to juxtapose to like the computer network element of the movie right like it's it's, it's kind of hard but um and it's not authoritarian the weird thing about it is it's not authoritarian Right mm-hmm. the authoritarian nature comes from like the corporation and the and the i t department guy and and all, and the FBI but the there's no authoritarianism coming from the parents um and i think it's i think it's key that kate kate's parents aren't in the picture right that mm-hmm. she's kind of damaged by this part Of not having her parents around and that sort of human love and support, you know. Hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's I I wanted to touch on this. It's weird, yeah,
1: right? There's yeah, there's something there, right? Because Dade's mom, right? They make it a point to say that the parents were together, like at the beginning, and that his hacking as Zero Chill sort of split them up. Yeah, split them up, and that was the reason why. They moved to New York, mom is working, Um, but they also, as far as, like, serial killer, the reason why he has to, like, jump around and sleep on people's couches all the time is because his parents are away all the time. No parents. That's right. So
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, hmm. All right, let's do some shout-outs. I'm going to go first this week, I think. Do. I got a not a good shout out. That's you know, I I got not a good shout out, that's why <laughs> I gotta say this week. It's not good. I mean it's not an anti shout out, it's just kinda lame. I eat this <laughs> Waitoa frozen chicken and it's delicious, and I eat it almost every day at this point. And mm-hmm. uh they make two kinds, they make a chicken cordon bleu um and it's like chicken it's frozen breaded chicken breast. Mm-hmm. right? uh and it's got ham and cheese in the middle. Uh, it's a raw chicken product, so it's like the chickens. raw. You gotta cook it. So okay. Cook it for forty minutes, but it's like it's not like cooked and then frozen. It's like raw, and they make it and bread it, and then you like cook it in the oven. It's wild. Hmm. Um, but cooked from frozen. Yeah. Anyway, they're delicious. I cooked that one, the
1: fucking chicken
0: <laughs> corn <cornbread> blue, <laughs> and then they got a chicken Kiev one, which is like a garlic cheese. Nice. The so situation. these
1: these are oven baked? What temperature and how long?
0: 200 degrees Celsius. Oh. For 35
1: minutes. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. Do yep. you eat it with anything on the side or you just I put hot slap a couple it? of those? Yeah.
0: But no, like my workday is 12 hours plus at this point in my life, which fucking sucks shit, but it is what it's it is. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot. Uh, right now we're having a Christmas break coming up pretty soon so I'm excited about that. But yeah, my work day's 12 hours plus. I buy a bunch of these things at the grocery. I literally buy, go to the grocery store buy 10 of these fucking boxes and they last me like two weeks. Every night, I come home, I know exactly what I'm going to eat. It's going to take 35 minutes to prepare. I watch Jeopardy! And then I eat this thing. And then I go to bed. Nice. Right? <laughs> nice. It's like, shout out to like, the chicken is pretty delicious, but also like the simplicity of its preparation and not having to think about it is very key in my life at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Wai Toa Chicken. Just Hell yeah. You guys, thanks for being there for me, basically. You're not my favorite thing to eat in the entire world.
1: But to keeping them alive.
0: Yeah keeping me alive and, like, you know, you've made your shit pretty easy and pretty tasty, basically.
1: That's so, good. We need yeah. so, we all need something reliable like that. I, yeah, I, like, we're here and we're, I feel like the stuff that we're eating cooking is getting more and more difficult to do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just the am constant... a
0: fan of not making decisions mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. So if I get something, if I latch on to something, that i can like use to streamline 10, you know minutes of my life i'm i'm going to do it and like yeah i i never think about it i literally never think about what i'm having for dinner during the week i'm just like I sp- that's what it yeah. is
1: i spend so i've spent so much of my energy thinking about what i'm going to eat how i'm going to get it when am i going to make time to like I have to pull something out of the freezer, and I have to put it over here, and I have to wait for a while, and then I have to finish my shit, and then I have to do this, and then I have to clean it all up afterwards. Yeah, It, like, occupies probably 25% of my brain capacity at all times.
0: And the thing is, like, when I was in New York, what I would do is order food, right? Like, I didn't have time during the week to prepare food and make food. I mean, I did, but I'm a lazy piece of shit on Sunday, and I don't want to, like, mule prep. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like a fucking mule prep. So I would order food and what that does is like A, it I still have to think about what I'm gonna eat, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to go through the fucking seamless app and like order it and pay for it and wait for it. But then also I end up spending a shit ton more money. Mm-hmm. These things like in US dollars, maybe I get like it's like six or seven bucks for two chicken filets Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, each box has two. So I just, like, crack open a box, put them in there. Six or seven bucks later, I'm, like, eating chicken. Nice. Yeah, I'm saving money. Good, so, good, good. Yeah.
1: I want to give a shout-out this week to a modern car convenience that is particularly coming in handy these days. Um, It's the seat warmer. Oh.
0: <laughs> Ooh, yeah. now it you got a built-in or you got an amazon product
1: oh i got a built-in i got built-in yeah, seat warmers three yeah yeah uh, three levels of hotness and the thing is it's dropping into like 30s now and I'm, when i'm hop in the car it's cold very cold yeah it's chilly, and yeah.
0: It's chilly in there yeah
1: I have to wait for everything to heat up, the heater system to heat up, and you need the engine to get going. But the thing that usually heats up the fastest, heater seats. Right. Boom. Boom. I love it. Yeah, it gives it. you it's, nuts toasty. Oh, my God. It's so great. you warm worn some of your hands, too. You stick your hand under there. All of a yeah. sudden, you've got a little bit of dexterity. Absolutely. You can operate some buttons, put in some directions.
0: Absolutely. Um
1: yeah, it's great. And it's a it's a feature that like when I had my Volkswagen in California, it was like Yeah, I like I had it and I would use it once in a while, but it was sort of a joke. I never really needed it. Right. Now, like need I it. need it. Yeah. 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 My
0: car doesn't have seat warmers. <laughs> but no way. do it does pump hot air from the engine to my feet at all times. <laughs> even if <laughs> it's dead as summer. <laughs> and that situation sucks. <laughs> like, I get out of my car and I'm, like, covered in sweat. It's Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's not good. So, <laughs> I'm a fan of the seat warmer. Can I tell you my mom's favorite story? Uh-huh. She was driving my uncle to the, her brother to, like, the airport one time in the dead of winter in Massachusetts. He came out to visit. He's kind of like an old-school dude, has a very deep voice. Is that My Uncle Fred is fucking in the thing, and the seat warmer's on. And uh, my mom's driving from to the airport, and at some point on the highway, he turns to her and he's, he goes, Julie, my ass is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom's like, well, I don't know about that, Fred. I don't know what you can do about that, Fred, but you can turn the seat warmer off. <laughs> and she loves that story. So shout out to my mom.
1: I mean, the first time I ever felt a seat warmer, I, like many of us, thought I peed my pants. I was like, Oh,
0: it, I, I don't think many of us have thought that, bro. That's that that was was like some, a weird conclusion was, to come to. That was
1: my the first time I ever did it. I like, uh oh, that's a sensation I haven't felt in a little while. And yeah. we're in a bad spot.
0: Yeah, that's tough.
1: That's tough. But seat warmers nice. I can just, I can drive around in a t shirt and the rest of my car is. Breezing cold, but I got that nice.
0: Yeah, I got that nice heat warmer. Mm-hmm. I sort of miss that. I like the convenience. I'm more. I drive a antique vehicle mm-hmm. every day on the day on the daily. The more I really appreciate the conveniences of, of modern motoring. Okay, it's like fucking when I rent a car, it's like, oh baby, incredible. <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe I'll rent a car. All right, maybe next week I'll have a rental car and I'll fucking, just like for a little vacation from my car. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about it, i have something to talk about. Anyway, watch Hackers, it's very good, uh, definitely called classic, a totally bonkers movie, and it's, um, the the kiss in the pool at the end is an iconic piece of cinema,
1: so... You weren't into it. You weren't into it. I mean, it was it was nice, but uh, I was particularly paying attention to the fact that they were both actively treading water, and then they both stopped treading water in order to kiss each other, which would result in drowning. Well, they sort of do go under, at the you know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um. If you want to tweet at us about hackers or any other subject that's on your mind, you can do so at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T podcast. Uh, you can send us an email. Actually, you can't send us an email. Daryl, this is the situation we got going. What? I'm, I am completely, utterly locked out of the NOLT Podcast <laughs> Gmail account. Uh, I mean, nobody sends us any emails, so I don't know that it's a big deal, but I... Fucked up the password. I had a password, and then I fucked it up. Uh And then I was like, i got to reset the password. So I tried to reset the password, and it was like, what's the last one you remember? And I put that in. But then it sent me a code to my phone, but then I fucked up entering the code, and it was like, we've roast Whoa. your account
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you're a
0: hacker you're a hacker trying to hack into gmail and we're not gonna allow it so it, it his lock it is put the no one lays into tuna podcast gmail account <laughs> under like severe like the gates like furious seven came down and i'm, uh-huh. I'm not i can't get into it so wow I might have to just start a new Gmail account.
1: Hopefully that Gmail account isn't the basis for all of the other social media. Oh, it definitely is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Just checking that.
0: Yeah, it definitely, (laughs) it absolutely is. Yeah, so uh, I don't quite know what to do. I might have to like call Google. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's not possible. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a search bar. Just search for it enough times, and uh, I think they'll hear your call.
0: I think I might have to call Google.
1: <laughs> Go into an Apple store and ask them how to do that. Hey, do you know how to call <laughs> do you, Google? <laughs> do you know how to call Google? Or like I'm buying a new iPhone.
0: Can I call Google <laughs> on, Can on, I on this call thing? Man?
1: My shit is really fucked up. It's
0: so fucked. So don't email us. I'll let you guys know if, <laughs> last week or if next week I get the account back. But, but you can, uh, No One Likes to Tune a Podcast on Instagram is good. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That would be huge. Patreon.com slash No One Likes to Tune a Podcast. Uh, we're going to start a rig series in the next couple of weeks, probably over Christmas. That sounds yeah. good to
1: you? Yeah. I'm game for that.
0: Somewhere over a Christmas break. We'll start the Riddick series and put that stuff up. But you can always vote in polls. You can comment. You can suggest things for us to do. And we'll probably do them. So, be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, what else? Oh, did you listen to that song? Dynamite. What? BTS. <laughs> Shit. No. I don't you think didn't I listen listened to it. it. All right. Listen, listen to it this week. You got to do it. I'm
1: going to do it right after this podcast. I'm going to listen to it. It's This all.
0: is a repeat shout out. Listen to Dynamite. <laughs> BTS <It's> my favorite <laughs> new song.
1: i'm gonna hit it i'm gonna hit it full volume right after this
0: yeah we can't play on the pod we would get shot down by the bts (laughs) army so fast the bts lawyers (laughs) oh boy all right brother i'll talk to you next week
1: sounds good later